Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers YouTube channel. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChap.com. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, if this is your first time checking out the channel, I definitely appreciate you guys giving me an opportunity. As uh, my guy Jay-Z said, you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with me. So I uh, appreciate that. Uh, those of you that have been rocking with me, welcome back to the channel. Appreciate all the support. Um, if you could go ahead and go ahead and like that, like that button right there, man. We um, the goal for the last video was over 60. We hit that, so let's go ahead and hit 75. You know, keep keep climbing, as uh, Mike Novell says, man. Um, but definitely uh, in this video, we're gonna go ahead and get into it. We're gonna get into uh, why does why does some media seem to have an agenda against fsu no other team no other team only fsu there's there's a crazy double standards we're gonna get into them and um man it's uh it's crazy but look fsu is uh in a great spot four no play their two you know their two toughest teams on the schedule in my opinion haven't played their best you know that's that's part of it you know they haven't played their best and um you know, they probably have played, man, like three quarters, maybe four quarters at, at, a, at an optimal level. And the rest of the time, it's been real up, up and down, real up and down. Either either the defense, you know, kind of looks like lackluster and, uh, you know, the offense will score or the offense won't do anything and the defense will get stops. You know, very rarely have they been able to play complimentary football. But when they do, um, that's when you see them go on, you know, those crazy runs of, you know, 31 to nothing and 28 to nothing runs. And um, we've seen it, you know, we know it's there. And I think that's what, that's what FSU's are kind of, that's not, excuse me, I think what FSU fans are kind of banking on, uh, knowing that, um, you know, FSU has uh, probably a couple more gears that they can tap into if uh you know everybody everybody gets right yeah so here the narrative after the uh the crimson win is it's crazy man it's like it's almost like some media people forgot that you know they um they ranked clemson preseason number nine and you know yeah of course you know clemson you know went up to duke and lost but it was one of those games where you know Clemson really out, outplayed Duke. It was the turnovers. I mean, anytime you turn the ball over multiple times, I mean, look back to, uh, you know, the NC State game last year, you know, two or three turnovers, cost of issue, uh, along with a, a myriad of other issues. But if they played Duke 10 more times, you know, Clemson would beat them, man, probably eight or nine times. You know, to be honest, that's how I see it. I think Duke Duke is a good team, but they don't have they don't have the same level of athlete that Clemson has or FSU has. So, um, you know, we'll talk about that in, in a bit. But yeah, it's almost like the media forgot that you know they ranked Clemson preseason number nine. And the crazy part is they picked a lot of them picked Clemson to beat FSU, and it was like, oh well, you know because FSU was coming off for the performance against Boston College, they were like, well, if FSU goes up to Clemson and beats Clemson, then I'll give them their just due. 
Well, if she went up there and beat them and they didn't give them their just due. Well, Clemson gave them the game. Clemson should have won. Clemson, they pull, they're pulling out metrics that mean absolutely nothing like total yardage. Clemson, Clemson outgamed them by 100 yards and all of this BS stuff. Listen, anybody that uses total yardage as a metric to try to prove a point automatically dismiss them, delete them, block them, because they have no idea what they're talking about. First and foremost, okay? But, you know, I look at it more like Clemson's lost, what, one, two games at home over the last decade? That's a tough place to play, man. That was a team that's talented. Obviously, they're preseason number nine. And your back's against the wall. They know if they lose that game, they're probably out of the ACC championship race. And they played hard. Clemson played their A minus game. I'll say their A minus game. They made a lot of plays. They they won. They made a lot of plays that I'm I'm not sure they that's sustainable. You know what I'm saying? And I think FSU went up there and played their like C plus, maybe B minus game, and won. And that just tells you what type of that just tells you what type of team FSU could be if they get it all together. Not to mention that FSU played a game basically without three starters. And they played the last couple games without three starters. And here's the other here's the other thing that national media, you know, look, they don't cover FSU day to day. So I don't expect them to know that half the team had the flu whenever they went up to Boston College for their first true road game. Mind you, though. FSU went on a crazy run and it's 31 to 10, like right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. 31 to 10, game over. And they had two things that have like a half a percent chance of happening uh, a squib kick that doesn't get recovered by FSU, and then a fumble that's returned for a touchdown. We just saw that against Clemson. And, you know, if you don't want to give FSU credit for happening against Clemson, then you can't really give Boston College credit for happening, and they still lost the game, right? So I'm just saying. And you look at it this way. They don't know that half the team had the flu or whatever. But it's still like they forgot that FSU – destroyed LSU in the second half of that game. You know, beat a, a Southern Miss team that'll probably make a bowl game just as it did last year. While at the same time, here's the double standard, though. Georgia was losing at home against a terrible South Carolina team that got rolled by North Carolina. Texas, the media darling, since they beat an overrated Alabama team, and we'll get into that too. Texas is tied 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter against Wyoming. Wyoming. Bama is tied 3 to 3 with University of South Florida at halftime. You don't hear you don't hear about any of that though. You don't hear you don't hear about any of that type of stuff. I mean, everybody has off games. 
I mean, Ohio State didn't look good their first game. Georgia didn't either, really, against I think it was Tennessee Martin or somebody. And so I'm just trying to figure out why, why is it only against FSU, though? You got guys like Joel Klatt out here just making up stats, talking about Clemson turning the ball over twice. That's one of the reasons they lost. They only turned over once. You got, you know, this other guy, I call him Kurt Franklin Light, who, uh, <laughs> man, I mean, if anybody if anybody could be more, more, more biased, I don't know if it's possible. Um, the dude is in love with Colorado. I mean, Colorado hasn't beat anyone whatsoever. Look, they they won three games. Yeah, that's better than last year. But they just they haven't beat anybody. They just haven't. And you saw them go up against a real team, and they got absolutely destroyed. And this guy still has Colorado ranked uh, in the top twenty-five. Like, like the same thing isn't going to happen this week when they play USC. I mean, come on, man. Let's be real. We got people out here just just making up stuff to get engagement really i mean i think that's what it boils down to you know i guess they may they may know that fsu's fan base won't take any crap and um and they know that they'll get clicks and things like that i mean look i'm here talking about it so maybe maybe that's the rationale but the good thing is fsu controls their own destiny FSU is in the perfect spot right now. They haven't played their best game, haven't come close to playing their, their, their most complete game yet. And they're on a bye week. And they have teams that they have to play that are playing important games that you can glean information from. At the same time, guys that are hurt or getting opportunity to get healthy. And like I said, FSU's been playing without three starters basically for the last two games. The defensive issues, a lot of those can be attributed to one position, safety. Whenever Akeem Dent comes back, I think you will see a lot of that stuff cleared up. Offensively, we've seen glimpses of the run game. Second half LSU. We saw a couple of really strong runs from Trey Benson against Clemson. I showed you, I broke down film from the Clemson game. I showed you opportunities that where FSU did block it up or Jordan Travis just didn't keep the ball on a read and they would have been successful. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing to remember. I don't care what type of team Mike Neville has. I don't care what type of personnel he has. Mike Neville teams have always found a way to run the ball. Remember, they couldn't run against Wake Forest last year. They couldn't run against NC State last year. But, buddy, they turned it on in the second half and had, like, what was it, six games in a row with 200-plus rushing yards. So I have faith in the staff. They got, they got, you know, personnel. Guys get healthy. They're gonna, they're gonna be able to run the ball as long as guys get healthy. And I think, I think we'll have an opportunity for that because you got this week 
next week as they prepare for Virginia Tech, which who is terrible, by the way. So that's almost like an extended bye week, so to speak. I don't want to disrespect Virginia Tech, but they're they're awful. They're awful. And so basically, basically you're going to have, you know, two or three weeks for FSU to get right. But here's the thing. Here's the thing to remember, remember about what the media is going to do, right? So with these upcoming games, this week you have Clemson goes up to Syracuse. Syracuse is undefeated. Clemson's got two losses. Clemson's favored by six and a half points. Syracuse has played Clemson tough the last few years. But if Clemson goes up there and beats Syracuse, and then Syracuse comes down to tally in a couple weeks, and FSU beats them, guess what? Well, they're not any good because Clemson beat them and then FSU beat Clemson. Duke plays this Duke plays this week. They host Notre Dame at Wallace Road. Wallace Road Stadium, I think it is. Only about 30 minutes from my house. Um, Notre Dame's favored in that game by five and a half points. You know, Notre Dame just lost to Ohio State by three points. Uh Notre Dame beats Duke, and then Duke rolls down the tally. And let's say it's a close game, and FSU wins. Well, they're not any good, really. They're okay, but they're not really good. And then Miami's undefeated. And I think there's, what, four undefeated teams in ACC right now? with several wins over Big Ten and SEC teams. Miami has to play Clemson and North Carolina before they come down to tally. What if Miami loses both of those games? Then guess what? Miami's not going to be any good, according to the media. And when FSU handles their business against them for the third year in a row, they're not going to get much credit for it. Because that's what the media will do. Then after that, you have Florida. Florida will probably have an additional two or three losses by the time FSU rolls over to Gainesville. And if FSU handles business, you know, they could potentially go 12 or no. But the media will find a way to hate. I'm telling you, they will. Oh, what well, you didn't beat them enough. You didn't beat them bad enough. Well, they missed the field goal. Well, they outgained FSU in total yardage, which is which is ridiculous. That's a, that that is so that is so crazy. Going back to like 2014, whenever the media introduced game control. When is the last time you heard the term game control? 2014, when FSU was undefeated. Man, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy how these media members just, I mean, the biases, they don't even try to hide the bias, though. That's the crazy part. And it's like, I never hear, I never hear the stuff about these other teams. I never hear about oh well 
you know, they struggle, struggled against such and such, and they're not very good. It's all about, well, they play in a tougher conference and they found a way to win. It's a grind in this conference or whatever. And I'm just like, man, this is so crazy how, how the media will just spin stuff. Um, but the good thing is, like I said, FSU controls their own destiny. FSU has an opportunity to to make statements in these next couple of games. Uh, I'm curious to see what the line is for Virginia Tech. It's going to be double digits. I'm going to be at that game. So those of you that plan to go, let me know in the comment section that you are going to be there. And uh, I would love to meet you. I'd love to hang out with you. Um, have, I've had a couple, a couple cats to reach out to me and let me know where they're going to be tailgating. Me and my wife and my two kids, two of my kids, my oldest, she, she'll be here because she has homecoming that, that weekend. But uh, we'll be there, man. So we'd love to hang out with you guys. But but yeah, so they'll be favored big there. They'll be favored against Syracuse. Um, they'll be favored against Duke. And FSU matches up well with these. They match up well with these these programs. Um, Syracuse, they they lost their best receiver and uh, uh, Gadsden um, Schrader. You know he's having a run for his life, um, and we pretty much bottled him up last year. Duke is good. They're well coached, but Duke does not have the horses that don't talent that Clemson has. So they're well coached, but on a down-to-down basis, you know, I think I think that talent will begin to separate itself. Also, you got to keep in mind that they likely don't have the depth that FSU has. And so whenever you start playing, you know, the Notre Dames and and these other teams that that are big physical teams, you know, that's going to wear on on teams like Duke. Uh, we saw it against Syracuse last year. I said it. You know, Syracuse started out red hot, and I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "But they got a murderous road. They played like three games in a row, and you know, they just drop, started dropping like flies." And once you um, once you start getting to your depth, uh, we saw it with we saw it with um, FSU last year. We see it right now with uh, Akeem Denton being out of the game. Um, you see what happens whenever you you know you kind of get into your depth a little bit, and if you don't have a good depth, man, um, <laughs> you can go from you can go from here to here real quick, real quick. So um, you know FSU's played you know crazy dual threat quarterbacks already. Um, so Riley Leonard from Duke will be no different. You know they should be prepared for how to handle that. Should be. And um, I think FSU can – once they'll get right um, offensively, you know, I think that's the key. You know, I've said it some, since the jump. How far this team goes this year will depend on the offense. I think I think people are finally beginning to understand what I meant by that um, because of how the offense has struggled um, over the last five quarters or so. But if the offense gets right, they shouldn't have any problems um, beating these teams left on the schedule. Uh, Miami matches up well with, uh, well, I should say FSU matches up well with Miami. Miami hasn't beaten anyone. Uh, a, a lot of people want to point to AM. AM, they're ranked highly on some advanced metrics defensively, but they don't have a pass rush. They don't have a pass rush. Um, they uh, they beat up on Auburn this past week, who's terrible. And, um, you know, they got some tackles for a loss and sacks, but against a, a decent team they don't have a pass rush so um you know so 
FSU should get to TVD just as they have the last two years. And, um, you know, whenever you get pressure on TVD, you know, he doesn't play well at all. So uh, I like that matchup for FSU's defense. You know, they don't have to worry about him running around and doing all this crazy stuff. They're going to be able to find him, you know, pretty, pretty easily. Uh, Miami hasn't been able to run the ball still this year. They had less than 100 yards against A&M's defensive front. FSU's been real stout. Uh, against the traditional run game. So I think they can make Miami one-dimensional and, and kind of go from there. Defensively, Miami, they're going to, you know, be Miami and do Miami things and give you opportunities to to beat them because they're crazy aggressive and undisciplined. And, um, you know, Florida is Florida. Florida is better defensively, worse offensively. The game is, is in the swamp, but – you have the personnel and the talent to win that game also. The key to it is just not beating yourself. Um, and that's kind of been the motto for FSU players, um, you know, over the last year or so, is as long as they handle business and do what, you know, handle what they can control, you know, avoid all the noise and distractions, um, you know, they, they have the personnel to beat anyone. And then it's really getting to the playoff and it's all about the matchups. And then – you're going to hear the media once again come with a narrative and agendas, you know, why FSU, you know, should be the four seed if they are in the playoff and, you know, not the two or three seed or one seed or whatever. Whoever they do face in the playoff, if they make it that far, why why they're going to lose. And it's going to be just, you know, the most random Type of type of excuses made for why FSU should should uh, should lose the game. So I'm just telling you guys what's going to happen. Um, you know, just prepare yourself for it. Um, like I said, if you go and you hear people talking about useless stats, um, you know, like I said, just block them, mute them, whatever. Don't even waste your time. Rival fans are going to talk. You know, they're talking now because you know, of the Boston College game or because uh, of the Clemson game. You know, you got Miami fans telling telling, uh, telling us that Clemson's not any good. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, they get the, they get to play them before we play them, uh, before they come and play FSU. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of bookmarks on, on Twitter X that will probably be revisited just as they were last year whenever Miami fans were talking all that crap. And then FSU went up there and won the game in the first two minutes on like two plays, uh, you know. So, uh, like I said, it's a great it's a great spot to be in, man. I mean, just think two two three years ago, um, FSU was just in the bottom. I mean, the bottom of the bottom. And um, as fans, you know, we weren't sure if 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 FSU was going to be able to turn it around, and um, you know, over I saw a stat the other day. I think it was FSU. Mike McGill started out at three and three and ten or something like that, and then it was like fifteen and was it fifteen and six or something like that. I may be off on these numbers, but I know they've won ten in a row. So it went from you know losing to winning, you know, a little bit more, and then you're on a ten game win streak. And the crazy part is the three losses they had last year were, were by a combined 18 points. 
I mean, FSU hasn't lost by more than 10 points since Clemson in 2021. And really that game was should have been three points. You know, how the last the last part when Clemson scored that touchdown right there on that weird, what was it, weird kickoff or whatever it was. So even that game was closer than 10 points. And um so they're gonna be they're gonna be in every game they play in, even if they don't play well. Uh, Adam Fuller's defenses have only given up more than 35 points twice since the opener in 2021. They gave up 38 against Notre Dame and gave up 38 against Florida last year. And uh, they split those two games. So, again, it's on the offense. If the offense shows up, FSU will take care of business. I have I have almost no doubt that um, that will be the case. And, you know, it all starts next week whenever they travel to uh, – well, whenever Virginia Tech travels to Florida State, um, excuse me. So, um, again, go ahead and hit that like button for me right there if you haven't. 75, I need 75 likes, man. Um, and then after that, you know, it's um, take care of uh, Syracuse and then take care of Duke. And then it's a it's a three game it's a three game season from there on out with with two of your rivals and then uh, North Alabama uh, in between there so um, it's a great spot to be in and um, you know the crazy part about it is FSU has one of the top recruiting classes in the country if they continue to win that's going to continue to solidify that class as they get closer to our early signing day and then with those remaining recruits out there there's about about what five or six seven targets out there remaining if fsu continues to play well and win you have a great shot of closing on those guys and then it's off to the races it's off to the races so enjoy it um it's a great time to be an fsu fan and um you know i'll probably try to do a, a video this weekend after we see some of the um, the opponents that FSU will play. And um, we'll see how those shake out. And then that'll probably, that'll probably, you know, give you a, a better sense of how um, FSU will fare uh, whenever they play those remaining opponents. All right. So um, again, appreciate you guys taking the time to hang out with me. And um, um, until next time, we'll talk to you then. Go Knowles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.